Welcome to the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. I'm Kyle Brost, a strategist and changemaker. I'm the CEO of Spark Policy Institute, founder and principal at Choice Strategy Group, and contributor to Forbes, Thrive Global, and Influencer. I lead at the intersection of strategy and impact, where I turn ordinary individuals into strategists and changemakers. Let's get started. Hey, folks, welcome to the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. This is Kyle Brost. I'm your host. And today we have on with us Jeremy Knopf. Uh, am I saying that right? You are. All right, good. I, I <laughs> took a little bit of a stab at it. But I, 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 you know, what's funny is Jeremy and I have, have met in the past, but I don't know if I've ever actually said his last name. So that was, <laughs> that was a trial run. Uh, but we're excited to have Jeremy on today. Jeremy is the CEO of Spartan Media. Uh, he contributes to more publications than, than we have time to even mention. Um, and he focuses a lot on personal branding, on branding your organization, digital marketing. Really excited to hear his perspective. He has a really unique background that we can speak to um, some time in the military and some some personal uh, personal experiences that I think will be valuable for all of us to speak through what it's like to uh, deal with adversity and work through adversity and how we can each be building our own brands, um, both on a personal and a, on a professional level. So I want to welcome Jeremy. We're excited to have him on. Jeremy, do you, uh, do you mind elaborating a little bit on who you are and where you're coming from? Sure, sure. So thanks for having me on, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's good to connect again. Uh, it's been a few months. Um, so in a nutshell, you know, I run a digital marketing agency called Spartan Media. Uh, basically, we do anything that involves getting you in front of a larger audience, uh, web design, social media, search engine optimization, PR, the whole nine yards there. Um, I've been running this for many, many years. And uh, prior to getting into the digital marketing industry, I spent some time in the United States Marine Corps. Um, a few years ago, I, I had some, some personal health challenges as well that kind of, uh, gave me a new perspective on a lot of things and, uh, helped me to, to see challenges in a, in a different light. So that's the, in a nutshell version of my story. All right. So there are a lot of places that we can go with this. I think where we'll start is talk us through, you don't have to tell us all the specifics, uh, but talk us through kind of that moment where the health challenges hit and some of the, 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 you know, challenges in dealing with that. Okay. Awesome. So this all started about four years ago, a little bit over four years now, uh, had kind of a, a weird reaction to a medication, which then led to, um, what I initially was told was just panic attacks, which was not the case. Um, we later found out that it was a, an autoimmune condition um, this almost killed me. Obviously that almost killed the business as well. Uh, for the first year, I pretty much was stuck on the couch. I didn't get off the couch, didn't leave the house until like around the second year. And, uh, you know, it's kind of been a, a long, difficult road, uh, rebuilding the body in every way imaginable, um, massive pain throughout the process. And, uh, you know, basically I, I feel like this was, uh, while incredibly painful and incredibly difficult, I felt like it was a good opportunity to kind of um, look at challenges in a different way, right? Like we, when we go through a, a bad spot in life, we want things to get easier. Whereas what we really should be doing is, as looking at how we can get stronger, how we can get 
better able to deal with challenges or difficult situations, um, whether that be physical or emotional or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think that that is a, a really profound insight. And I love the way that you said it in terms of when we are going through these challenges, we look at the challenge and we ask that question, like, how can I make this challenge easier? How can I change the, the situation or the circumstance versus being self-reflective and saying, how can I rise up to this challenge or how can I become stronger through this challenge? Uh, knowing that it's not going to be easy, that, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult. That's the whole purpose of it. That's, that's, you know, the whole idea of it. How did yours come about? Was it this kind of like sudden thing that hit or was yeah. it something that evolved over time? Yeah, no, it was, it was a fairly sudden thing. I, and I had been diagnosed with an autoimmune condition in the past. Um, it was mostly just in remission. Uh, I had one little tiny thing kind of happen as a result of it. And then that was the end of it. I'd never really had any symptoms. This other thing was unrelated to that. Um, it seemed to be triggered by this reaction to a medication about four years ago. And then from there, it just, it just hit me like a freight train, um, came on suddenly. It was like, completely systemic. Uh, it affected every part of my body. Um, like, wow. you know, I remember one time I was in the emergency room sitting in the hospital bed. And at this point I had been in the ER, you know, at least once or twice a week for a couple of months now and yeah. they could never identify anything. So they're rolling their eyes at this point, whenever I would come in while I'm lying there and my heart is bouncing between 60 beats to min per minute, all the way up to like 160. And they're like, oh, well, I guess something's going on. Well, yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you guys. <laughs> right. So it just, it, it came on suddenly and it was really intense. And then over the past four years, you know, through a combination of diet and supplements and, you know, various things and some awesome doctors who have been, you know, really dedicated to, to finding out what it is and fixing it. Um, I, I've been slowly making progress, but, you know, th really the biggest thing was, like regardless of what your situation is, regardless of what challenges you're going through, like you've got to get out there and go after whatever it is you are trying to achieve, right? So I was going out despite feeling horrible and being in massive pain and just going out and networking, going out and, you know, doing public speaking and, and finding new clients and doing all of these things that, that we need to do as entrepreneurs. But in my circumstances, I didn't want to do because I felt like crap. I felt like you know, my whole body was literally on fire. So I, I think that that was, it was a good learning experience for me. And we're still, we're still not out of the woods, right? I, like we talked about last time when we got together, it's, we're not, we haven't fixed it yet. We're still trying to get there. But yeah. where the learning opportunity for me was, is I'm out here doing these things. I'm accomplishing things that a lot of people are afraid of, despite going through all of this. So once we get this fixed, like there's nothing I can't do at that point. Absolutely. Well, how do, so I, you know, I'm trying to think about what it would be like to be in this position and have mm -hmm. this, you know, this kind of hit me. And, and like you said, like a freight train, how did, at what point did you, were you able to make that shift to say, you know what, this really sucks. <laughs> but I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna do something. Like what did that moment look like or that series of events look like that got you to, to say, holy crap, this is freaking miserable, but I'm still gonna get, you know, I'm still gonna get up today and I'm still gonna go out there. 
or did, right. or did it just never happen? Did you ever reach the point where you're like, I'm not getting up today, I'm not doing it? And then, you know, what was that like? Right. I don't, so I don't think the, I don't think the idea of, hey, I'm just not going to do it is part of my DNA. That's not who I am. Right. Um, so there wasn't really a moment where I was like, all right, like, hey, let's, you know, go kick ass again today. Um, it was just kind of always, you know, I, I did what I could and then a little bit more each day. And then mm. over time, you know, you're at, with a combination of overcoming the challenges and getting a little bit stronger in conjunction with the body healing a little bit, um, then you get to accomplish more and more and more. But I think what I've found valuable through this process is I have a, uh, a saying that I've kind of modified it over the years. And today what I say is failure catches the weak when they put today's comfort over tomorrow's goals. And that was what I was going through at that time. It was, I can either lay here and be in pain. I'm still going to be in pain, right? Regardless of yeah. if, I, if I'm laying here or I'm out there, you know, giving a presentation or knocking on a door and, and trying to land a new client. So if I'm going to be in pain anyway, I might as well be out there accomplishing something because it's about the goal. It's not about how I feel. That's interesting. You know, you said a few things that I think are really, really poignant. The first one is, you, it's really simple, but I think we overestimate how much effort it takes to make progress and achieve things. And I think that that stalls people because they think, well, yeah, maybe I only gave it 10 minutes today. That's never enough to make progress. That's never enough to get me where I want. Like, what's the point in even giving 10 minutes of effort? And yet, that's how things start with those like tiny pieces of effort. So even mm -hmm. when you were at, you know, your lowest point, one of the things you said is I started really small. I started with really small things. And then over time as, you know, my health and strength and ability to, you know, withstand the pain and all those things started to build, then I could add effort to it. But I think that that impetus, that, that moment where you realize I really can make progress on something in five or 10 minutes. And maybe that wasn't the time span, but the point is, you know, like really small increments of effort can right. keep you moving forward and make progress. And then you can build on those. But if you get to that point where you stop those and you say, well, it's not even worth five minutes today, <laughs> that's where you run into challenges and danger, right? Right. Well, you know, you touch on, on two good, really good points here. So one is, you know, the discipline to continue doing it over the long term, And that's where a lot of people screw up, right? They'll go in and, and, you know, you see this, especially with new entrepreneurs or younger entrepreneurs where they will go and, you know, put in the all nighters and, you know, a couple weeks or a couple months into it, they're totally burnt out. Mm. Whereas you get somebody who puts in consistent work over the course of, you know, a year, five years, 10 years, they make dramatically further uh, growth than the person who tries to, to sprint. Right. So that's, yeah. that's one aspect. The other aspect is, you know, you're looking at it from the, the big picture, the entire, you know, everything I have to accomplish. And if you do that, you're really, you're, you're looking at a lot larger picture than you need to. Um, something we used to do a lot in the Marine Corps was you just have to make it through the next 10 minutes, really. Like, you know, imagine you're, you're out in the desert and you've got on 160 pounds of gear and you're walking like at a crazy fast pace up a mountain and you have to do this for 20 miles and it's 120 degrees outside. Um, you know, if you're sitting here thinking about like, I'm going to be doing this for four hours you're going to be in a pretty shitty uh, situation, right? You're going to, you're going to yeah. be in a miserable headspace. But if you're, you know, if you're thinking, Hey, like I just have to make it to that next light post, or I just have to make it through the next 10 minutes. 
And then once you're there, then you focus on the next 10 minutes and the next 10 minutes. That really, it changes the perspective and allows you to uh, overcome a lot more than you ordinarily would. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. You know, it, it, the point you made uh, right away that I thought was really interesting is this idea of entrepreneurs, um, young entrepreneurs, or maybe first time entrepreneurs who are spending, you know, doing that, pulling the all nighters and, and working tirelessly. Uh, and then they run into this burnout. It just made me think of that shift from college where I would spend like, <laughs> all night, you know, studying for some exam. And and the nice thing was I could do that because once the exam was over, the exam was over. Right. But that's not how the real world works in terms of business. Like there's no exam tomorrow that, you know, I can go take and then I'm done. Uh, it's, you right. know, I have to have that endurance. And, uh, and I, I do think it's interesting, you know, I am connected with a lot of young entrepreneurs and I watch them and, and see how they, you know, uh, position themselves as hustlers and all of this. And I think like, I don't work nearly as hard as, as, <laughs> as uh, some of those guys, but I do work consistently and I have worked consistently for years and it's put me in a position to run um, successful businesses and to run many of them and have successful exits. And, and it wasn't the all-nighters. It wasn't that like intense moment of energy that, that got me there. It was that consistent kind of small effort. So I like that. I love that you highlighted that. One of the other things that you you mentioned, and I, I'd love to dove, dive into this, is you, I don't remember the way you said it, but it made me think of a quote um, that was on this gym wall that I worked at, and it said, uh, "99% of failure occurs when we sacrifice what we want tomorrow for what we can have today." And you you said something that was right. very similar to that, and I'd love to get into that. Why why do you think that happens? Why do you think it is that we lose sight of that thing we want tomorrow because there's some you know, shiny object or desirable, or even I think you mentioned it, avoiding discomfort today. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that happens? Uh, you know, I think it's a lot of reasons. I, I think for some people, you know, it could be a case of they're, they're initially thinking that they want to go after goals that they don't really want, right? It's the, it's the, well, I want to be a, you know, a millionaire. Okay. Well, why do you want to be that just to be a millionaire, just to have the title or just to be able to flash money? Okay. Mm -hmm. That's not really a driving goal, right? So that's, you know, that's a reason why people fail sometimes. Other times is fear, right? Like when we're kids, we think we can do anything. Like I can jump off this roof with this silly cape and fly. Um, <laughs> you know, later on in the emergency room, you find out that's not the case. Yeah. But um, like, you know, as kids, we think anything's possible. I remember when I was, you know, I don't know, first, second grade, I'm sitting there, I've got the encyclopedia out and I'm looking at, you know, the, all of the military aircraft and I'm sitting here with a ruler and a pencil and I'm drawing out these aircraft that I'm going to build that I'm going to fly myself out of my backyard. Like we just, we think we can accomplish everything. And then as we grow older and life kind of beats us around a little bit, we start to become afraid. And I think it's, it's not so much the failure that we're afraid of. It's people's reaction to the failure. Well, what's that person going to think? Or what's my, my spouse or my business peers or, you know, the publications within my industry, what are they going to say about me if I fail? Um, and what, where that's a big problem is that most people don't realize it's not the failure. That's a problem. It's how you react to it. Right. Because the most successful people have had tons of failures. Um, and you, in order to really knock it out of the park, you're going to have a lot of failures. And it's not really, it's not that you failed, it's that you learned something. That's all that really is. So I think that's where a lot of the problems come from. I love that. You know, one of the things as you were saying all of that, one of the things that came to mind that uh, actually really bothers me personally, not, it wasn't something you said, but this sentiment sometimes from, from other people um, is 
to your point, successful people have failed so many times. And what, what annoys me is sometimes I talk to young entrepreneurs and I talk to them about my failures and yet their reaction is, well, it wasn't that bad for you because you know, like you're successful or you've done these things. And right. it drives me nuts because I'm like, no, it like it was miserable. It, you know, <laughs> like it sucked. Like everything you think you're experiencing, I had that same thing, and it was absolutely freaking miserable. You know, but they they have this mindset like, well, no, it wasn't bad for you. Like, <laughs> like somehow it's. I think it's worse for us, right? Because we've already accomplished things. We're, you know, prominent people that that are recognized. So when we fail, it's there's a spotlight on us. Like everybody sees it. Whereas when you're just starting out and you fail, dude, nobody knows who the hell you are. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great point and you talked about that, you know, in terms of the fear. Sometimes the the biggest piece of fear is is how we think other people are going to react to it. Like we're not really afraid of the failure. What we're afraid of is that other people are going to call us out on it and that they're going to think differently about us or that they're going to you know, criticize us or, or all of those things. And, and when you become prominent, you have more of that. Um, Absolutely. You have more of those eyes on you and, and more people are watching and seeing those failures and calling you out on it. Um, and so some of that fear, you know, it's not like just because you reach a certain level of success that that fear and anxiety and stress goes away. Like life doesn't do that to you. You have to, you know, to the point you made really early on, you have to learn how to still work through those things. So it's not like sure. I reached a point or you reached a point in our careers where there's no stress or anxiety or fear. It's that we've spent enough time working in that space and through that space mm -hmm. that we can continue to do that. You know, so we talk about fear a little bit and there's a, there's a good approach that I take to fear. I don't know if you, I, I would speculate you probably do something similar. Um, cause I was talking to my kids about this. Uh, I don't remember. Do you, do you have kids, Kyle? I have three. Yep. Okay, cool. So I take mine to networking events so that they can get used to getting out and speaking in front of people, right? Because that's something that a lot of people are terrified of. And the way that I've explained it to them to help them understand is, like what's going on in your body, this, this thing that we call fear, it, it really is nothing but a biochemical reaction. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just a sensation that you're experiencing. So I, you know, that in conjunction with the fact that fear and excitement physically feel almost identical. So if you reframe it and you say, you know, rather than, oh, hey, like I'm scared, I, I'm terrified to stand up in front of this group and speak, or I'm scared to go knock on this potential client's door or whatever it is, or take this big risk, instead of looking at it and saying, hey, I'm scared, look at it and say, hey, I'm really excited about, you know, the direction this could go, what kind of opportunities this could create, because the feeling is exactly the same. So all that you're doing is reframing it. And that totally changes how you react to it. I love that you brought that up and it's something that uh, I don't know if you and I have specifically talked about this, but it's something I talk a ton about. Um, you know, a lot of my work is in emotional intelligence and strategic thinking. And it's so true. You know, what's so fascinating about that is the emotional element, like the heart rate and the blood pressure and the adrenaline and those things are those biologically driven factors, but they don't interpret the events. You know, what's, right. what's interesting is that that reaction, that biochemical uh, reaction that takes place happens much quicker, quicker than the cognitive reaction. Mm -hmm. And so what it does is it allows you to, you know, mentally and cognitively 
evaluate the situation and interpret it how you want. To your very point, those reactions aren't interpreting the situation. And I tell people this all the time. As soon as you have that that experience, the first thing you have to tell yourself is not that it's a good or a bad experience, but simply that it's an important experience. Like if emotion is being triggered, it means there's a really big opportunity there. And then to your point, you have this opportunity to really frame the situation to say, you know, do I want to perceive this as something negative that makes me, you know, that leads me to do something stupid or, you know, protect my pride or make somebody else, you know, put somebody else down or, you know, become aggressive? Or do I want to frame this situation because that's where I have the control? I can frame it. Do I want to frame this situation as an opportunity where I can be creating value? And that's where people run into so many problems is they don't take that one moment to frame the situation in a way that, like you said, rather than you know creating anxiety or fear, creates excitement and enthusiasm. Absolutely. So that, that was a, a great point you made. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit. I know um, you know. So you and I are both out uh, in the public sphere and and uh, you know spend some time on podcasts and and publications and getting our names and our businesses out there. And I know one avenue you use a lot, probably more than I do for sure, is mm. contributing to various publications. Talk right. to me about how you first got started in that. <laughs> so. I've always written a lot, but primarily on my own blog back in the day. And when I went through the health crisis, I basically everything ground down to zero and I had to start over from scratch, which is never a fun thing to do when you're, you know, a little bit older in life. I'm, I'm in my forties now. Um, so I basically had to jumpstart things. Uh, so I needed a way to basically, you know, kick that off with a bang. Uh, so what I ended up doing was, uh, first I started writing for a couple of publications in my industry. So, uh, search engine journal and search engine land were, were two of my first ones that I started writing for regularly. Um, you know, I've got obviously a lot of contacts in this industry. I, you know, I know everybody, everybody knows me. So that was, that was a fairly easy thing to do. Um, from there, I started reaching out, actually connected with uh, Josh Steinley not too long oh, yeah. after that. Um, great guy. Uh, he helped me kind of refine my approach uh, as far as going out to the editors of some of these other publications who were at that time strangers to me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, got in some, some pretty prominent business publications, um, but also I, I took an approach that I think a lot of people don't. You know, you, you see people who are trying to take the contributor route and the first thing they want to do is go write for Forbes or entrepreneur or Inc or something like that. And that's great. Those publications are tremendously valuable. It has a huge impact on your credibility. But what I did was I started writing for my, my digital marketing agency focuses primarily on the construction industry. Um, so what I started doing was writing on digital marketing topics in a lot of trade publications within the construction industry. Um, and then obviously did that in conjunction with writing for a number of publications in the digital marketing industry. So what that did was it, it reestablished me as a leader in both in my industry, as well as further a leader about digital marketing within the construction industry, yeah. um, put, put me in front of a pretty large audience, you know, huge credibility in, in that regard. Um, it, 
lots of exposure, all of that. And it also created a lot of contacts, right? If I'm, if I'm out here writing in these publications, it makes it a lot easier if I want to reach out to somebody, you know, from a sales perspective, I'm trying to, you know, reach a prospect. So, and then from there, of course, that led to lots of podcasts and, and things like that, um, speaking opportunities. Yeah. Well, so I think that I, you know what, I took a, a similar route, not intentionally, because not because I knew what I was doing, but in terms of publication, I took a, a similar route where my very first publication um, was in a baking magazine because I was doing a lot of work. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I, I was doing a lot of work with the baking industry. So it was literally okay. like this leadership article in a baking magazine. And, uh, and I, you know, to what I said earlier, it's not like I was being intentional. I didn't know. I just had this opportunity to write an article for this baking magazine. And, and I remember honestly, you know, in hindsight, like getting, cause it was a printed magazine, getting uh -huh. the printed magazine and seeing my article and thinking like how on top of the world I was that I had, you know, finally, <laughs> that I finally contributed. in a printed magazine totally changes your perspective on things. It did, but I think that the the point that you had that you started at a similar place and, and recognized, I think you were more intentional about it because you recognized that it was a, a good way to jumpstart things. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it speaks something to everybody that uh, that we both started at that place and that there's a really great opportunity there. Right now, you know, this actually ties back to something we were talking about earlier um, about you know the 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 dedication to continue and just be diligent in doing the work on a daily basis, right? Because yeah. when I first reach out, a lot of times they're not like, hey, yeah, definitely come write for us. Sometimes it takes it takes a lot of effort, right? You have to first find who the editor is and then find a way to contact them because a lot of them are not, you know, sitting out there in public waiting for you to contact them. They're kind of tucked away hidden and you have to you have to know who they are or find somebody who knows who they are and then find a way to contact them because that's not always that's not always like out in the public. Um, but then a lot of right. times you, you go through this process where you'll have to, you know, find out what their particular guidelines are, right? Like for, uh, one of the, one of the ones that I really enjoy writing for is search engine journal. And it's, you know, I, I pretty much, I just, my style of writing is, is great there. I've got a publication in the construction industry where everything has to be written in the third person. So it's totally dry. It's very, mm, to me, very yeah. boring. It, it doesn't feel engaging. But that's what I had to do to get in front of that audience. So I had to, I had to take the steps to write in a way that was uncomfortable and awkward for me. And I had to, you know, go through these processes. It, it just, it took a lot of work and that's, you know, that's what you have to do. In addition to the work of actually writing it, just getting into them in the first place is, you know, it requires a lot of ongoing work. Yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely does. And, you know, a lot of times you really have to start at the bottom and, and work your way through. One of the things I'm curious about is, you know, there's, I think there's an obvious element of contributing to publications that builds credibility, builds your brand, gives you exposure. Uh, but I've also found, and I've actually made recommendations to individuals who have no true need to contribute because they're not trying to build a bit a, a personal brand or build their own brand. But I've actually made the recommendation to other people that they should be writing on a regular basis. What have been some of the other benefits of writing um, in addition to, you know, building your credibility and exposure and your brand? Right. So when you're writing or even doing, you know, videos or podcasts, what you're doing is you're conveying your knowledge to somebody who lacks that knowledge. So in order to do that effectively, you've got to really distill it down 
um, to its core, get rid of a lot of the fluff, make it nice and clear, make it engaging as well. Um, and that requires you to really think about it and, and understand it in a different way. You know, if I'm just out here executing every single day, that's one thing. But if I'm out here teaching it to somebody, I'm going to, I'm going to understand it at a far deeper level and I'm going to understand it from different perspectives. So it has that perspective that it, it allows you to kind of understand the content, the, the topic better. Um, and then it also kind of opens your mind up into different directions, right? I've found often that when I'm writing an article or if I'm doing a video or a podcast, I will find other ideas just kind of pop into my head and, you know, more creative ways to do things or, or a different tactic or different strategies. So it opens up your mind and kind of allows you to think a little bit differently. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, the other thing that I've found is it forces me to, um, to, to what you said, it forces me to simplify my message and it forces mm -hmm. me to clarify pieces that maybe I thought I was clear about, but all of a sudden as I'm writing it or I'm getting feedback on something I did write, where right. people are like, that makes no sense, <laughs> where it actually challenges me and I have to say, okay, I thought this was really simple and intuitive and obvious, but now I really have to go back and kind of do some reflection to better understand it. And so in general, just the whole idea of writing and putting your ideas out there, whether it's writing or videos or podcasts, has been a method for me to really accelerate my own learning and growth. Absolutely. I love it. So tell us, Jeremy, what uh, what comes next for you? Where are things headed for you? So I am, you know, pretty much stomping on the gas in terms of rebuilding this company. Um, we've had tremendous growth, uh, over fifty percent year over year for the last couple awesome. of years. That's awesome. So I want to continue that. I want to I want to turn this into a place where we're able to hire a tremendous number of veterans. Um, a lot of a lot of veterans kind of have a hard time readjusting back to civilian life. So I want this to be a place where it's a smooth transition. They can come in, have a great career after, you know, after serving the country. Um, now we also hire regular people who have never served as well, but the plan is to grow this agency. Um, I'm actually going to have physical locations all over the country um, where people can be meeting with business owners, but then we've also got this, this massive, presence. We've got this experience. We've got this focus on the construction industry. And I think that will put us in a place where, you know, other agencies can't really touch, right? Like even if you've got an agency that has a focus in a niche, you don't have one that's got locations all over the country. Um, so I'm kind of combining these elements together to create what I envision will be a multi, multi, multi-million dollar agency down the road. I love the ambition. I love the enthusiasm. I'm excited to see where it heads. Awesome. Thank you. So for, uh, for people who've been listening, where can they check you out? So I am all over social media. Uh, if you Google me, you'll find me all over the place uh, at the various places that I contribute. Um, SpartanMedia.com, obviously, you can always connect with me there, LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm out there. I'm everywhere. All right. And, and you've got another book coming out, right? I do actually. Uh, it's called Reconstructed, and basically, it's a uh, it's a little bit about what led to the last uh, housing crisis, construction collapse, all of that fun stuff that uh, we experienced a couple of years ago. And then it will go into you know how to how to avoid that leading up to the next run because we're actually in a, a pretty good growth 
cycle right now in the construction industry. And basically the book is going to primarily be about marketing for that industry. So we're talking about how to kind of set yourself up during the good times and then how you can actually grow and thrive when the next time comes that we, that we see another crash or a downturn, which is probably not all that far off. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you there. And I think that it's a great topic for people to dive into. So Jeremy, uh, yes. thanks so much for joining us. That was awesome. I, I really appreciate your insights. I appreciate your experiences, uh, sharing some vulnerability and, and transparency with us as we had these conversations. Uh, for those of you who have listened, uh, go check out Jeremy Knopf, uh, check out Spartan Media and look for his upcoming book, Reconstructed. Thanks again, Jeremy. And for all of you, thanks for joining the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. We will catch you on the next episode. Awesome. Thanks for having me.